Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Before really beginning, let me mention a man who is suffering terribly, Micah Bowie, a former Major League Baseball pitcher, and he is suffering terrible health problems and is in constant debilitating pain and needs help and has not been receiving it. So recommend him to your prayers, Micah Bowie. Now, I am sure that some would take exception with my criticism of Hallmark Channel. I mentioned in a program a pace ago that they, that Hallmark Channel, that the Hallmark family of channels was running ads, so many ads, promoting this movie, this biopic, championing Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And the problem with that is simply this, is that Ruth Bader Ginsburg embodies and epitomizes those persons in this nation, behind the scenes and in the forefront, and those persons around the world, including going back a couple centuries now, who have been focused on destroying Christendom, destroying, for all intents and purposes, civilization, enslaving this world under evil, satanic regimes, or hegemony, if you prefer. She epitomizes and embodies all of the satanic evils of these persons and these organizations and these affiliations and groups. Hard to imagine, but true. Among the various different roles that she has held, she's been a law professor, a jurist, a justice on the United States Supreme Court, as well as, again, an academician. And, in fact, a social activist. But her true calling, if you will, is that of a stormtrooper.
working in the capacity of a societal engineer. Her affinities, her allegiance, her service is to this cause, to the destruction of all that is of God. Is she alone? Heavens, no. There's an army with her. And they all serve the same false god. And their objective, whatever capacity they happen to be in, whatever socioeconomic level they happen to attain to, Their objective is the same, but they serve in different capacities. So here she serves within the realm previously of the ivory towers, the ivory palaces of academia or academia. And here for now so long in the ivory palaces, of the Supreme Court. But her ends are the same, and they are wicked ends, evil ends. If you go back to 1977 sex bias in the U.S. Code that is, you know, kind of the warp and woof of this biopic titled On the Basis of Sex, meaning discrimination on the basis of sex, And it's not only the 1977 U.S. Code, but the 74, 1974 version of it. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, one of the two co-authors, was at the forefront of promoting the sodomite agenda, the agenda of perverting and corrupting language Roles, sexual roles, she's absolute enemy of Christianity and of Judeo-Christianity. And it's just, so for that reason, I found it absolutely abysmally appalling for Hallmark Channel to be trumpeting this vehicle that it was championing her, lionizing her, and which was reviewed by, you know, major publications which stated that it was inspirational, that it would inspire future generations, and so on and so forth. Hallmark Channel, the best thing about the productions of Hallmark Channel specifically with reference to their TV movies, call them what they will. Their teleplays, their TV movies, they have their miniseries, they have their television series as well, but speaking specifically with regard to their TV movies, so many of which are romantic comedies or romantic dramedies, rom-coms or rom-drums, and then others which are of the suspense variety, the whodunits and so forth. But 
speaking specifically with regard to the rom-coms and rom-droms, what is the very best thing about those? (laughs) Different people will differ on this. But for me, what is the very best thing about these programs, whether they happen to be their better ones or their worse ones, the best things about them are that they are not vile. They are not vile, they are not profane, they are not laced with vile profanity and with taking the name of the Lord in vain, nor with situations that are not only suggestive, but which are instructional. It's hard to find romantic comedy movies or romantic dramedy movies, whether they happen to be feature films or whether they happen to be some independent films that are not absolutely rife with profanity, with profaneness, with profane themes, with vileness and lewdness, and that are directing people to accept and incorporate and follow the lead of these Pied Pipers. It's hard to find such. And (laughs) you're limited, for the most part, to Hallmark Channel and typically Disney and so forth. But... Even, (laughs) this has been going on so long, this assault on the societal fabric, the social fabric of the United States of America in particular, because the United States of America is the bastion against communism, fascism, Islamo-fascism, Islamo-Marxism, and so on and so forth. But and socialism, the granddaddy of them. But uh, with the exception of the Islamist varieties. But just going back to television programs decades ago, comedies, little sitcoms like Friends and so many others, They continually indoctrinated the American people to accept new social norms, new social mores, new conventions, new morals, which were not morals, but anti-morals. Yes, harmless Popular television programs like Friends continually promoted this new ethos, this new system of values. You can go back to something as recent (laughs) as production from 1993. It was released in 1993. So we're talking about, what is that? Is that 26 years now, I think? Sleepless in Seattle. 
feature film written by Nora Ephron and Delia Ephron was an associate producer and talented women, very talented women, very talented sisters. And Nora has passed on. Delia is still alive, I believe. I do believe that last I knew she was. Very gifted women, very talented and very accomplished. But that movie, and that's one, if I had a list of my top 10 movies of all time, top 12 movies of all time, or top 100, I would have it in the top 10. I'd have it in the top five. Because for me, movies, first and foremost, need to be entertaining. They need to be enjoyable. And then they need to have some other elements. Would it be number one? No, it would not. But it would be in the top rankings, as would be You've Got Mail both of them starring Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. But, just as a case in point, Sleepless in Seattle, just to minimize it, to absolutely just encapsulate it in a nutshell, a woman who is living with her man-friend, so-called boyfriend, living together, Lo and behold, after X amount of time, they get engaged. He asks her to marry him. And they celebrate this by going to her parents' house and then to his. And when they drive to his from hers in their separate vehicles, she hears this sleepless in Seattle. And she is smitten this engaged woman living with this fellow, really nice guy seemingly, but again living together outside of marriage and completely comfortable about that and their families completely comfortable about that, accepting of that, that that is the norm. She is smitten with this man. (laughs) Sleepless in Seattle. And so... For the next, what is it, two and a half months? It's not even that, month and a half, I guess, month and month and two-thirds, something like that. She is almost pining for him. And the conclusion, the grand finale of the movie, the climax of the movie is she leaves, she breaks her engagement, leaves this man she's been living with for who knows how long, and she runs off to meet Sleepless in Seattle, whom she does miraculously manage to meet there at the Empire State Building and goes with him and his little boy who has actually engineered this whole thing, has brought it all about. He and with his friend. So Jonah and Jessica, but chiefly Jonah, were responsible for this. And and that's it in a nutshell, is this woman leaves the man she's been living with and whom she 
was in love with and is engaged to to marry, she leaves him for this widower who was on the verge of shacking up with another woman. But, (laughs) not to digress, but those are the kinds of values that we have been inculcated with. This is what has been going on. We have been being indoctrinated with this propaganda. And it has had the greatest effect, this kind of thing has had the greatest effect on those who had not reached adulthood yet or had just reached adulthood, were still in their young adult years. A follow-the-leader thing, a Pied Piper thing. Not to knock Sleepless in Seattle or You've Got Mail. Enjoyable movies, but the morals of them, and I could talk about You've Got Mail, but I won't, but the morals of them are something somewhat lacking, shall we say. Ruth Bader Ginsburg has been in the forefront of pushing an extremely aggressive, virulent, anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-Christian, immoral agenda. And she is in a brotherhood, a sisterhood, a comradehood with the likes of Karl Marx, Saul Alinsky, Hillary Rodham Clinton, Peter Singer. Vladimir Lenin, Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, Mao Zedong. Her (laughs) cause celeb, her activities have been right textbook, if you will, out of the annals of Meyer Amschel Bauer, who took the surname Rothschild, or Red Shield, of Frankfurt, Germany, and his great world domination plan. I've mentioned this, if you will, just a, a listing of key points key objectives of his organization, which he founded in 1773. Now, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's (laughs) sex bias in the U.S. Code was 1977, but the previous version that she and her co-author and Et Al came up with was 1974, 201 years after Goldsmith Meyer Amschel Bauer Rothschild met with his initial group of backers or his disciples, his satanic disciples, 
And he had a 14-point plan for world domination. And one was to pay propagandists to indoctrinate the masses, to arouse feelings of hatred and revenge against the ruling classes, and to discredit anyone who might discover and interfere with the accomplishment of their objectives, their goals. Number two, the first principle is that law is force in disguise. This is what Ruth Bader Ginsburg is all about and those of her ilk. They seize the power of the legal system. Law is force in disguise. It can be used to destroy. Three, political freedom is an idea, not a fact. And to preach liberalism and strip the people of power, which they will yield in order to receive the fruits of liberalism. Number four, the success of our plan does not depend on whether the established governments are destroyed from without or from within, by external foes or internal foes. Foes foreign, foes domestic. Does that ring a bell? To protect the United States of America from foes foreign and domestic. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, domestic. Hillary Rodham Clinton, domestic. Barack Hussein Obama, domestic. And so forth. The use of any and all means to reach our final goal is justified. Use of any and all means. And this is what these wicked court rulings demonstrate and display. Morality demonstrates weakness, and they war against morality. Reconstruct, number six, reconstruct all existing institutions. That means to deconstruct them and supplant them. In order to enslave. Number seven, our power must remain invisible until the very moment when our movement has gained such strength that no cunning or force can undermine it. Number eight, alcohol, drugs, moral corruption, vice will be used to corrupt the youth of all nations. Cannabis. And I skip on down (laughs) uh, to say 13. We will control all outlets of public information. And ultimately result in worldwide government. 
But she is a devotee of that, as is shown by the fruits of her labors. Along with Charles Darwin, his grandfather Erasmus, who was actually responsible for almost everything that he that he discovered and that he took credit for. Dear old Charles Darwin, he believed that natives were advanced animals inferior to us. And so forth. But this is why <laughs> I'm upset with Hallmark Channel. Not because many of their programs are less good, less entertaining, less well cast, and less well produced than they could be, even though I hold that that absolutely is true. Less, less well-written, and so on and so forth. But at the heart of it, <laughs> my upset with Hallmark is that they are promoting the likes of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and promoting her th- through this vehicle, this biopic, to cause multitudes, multitudes, particularly of girls and young women, to emulate her. Now, many would find that (sighs) she is so deserving of emulation, right up there with these other destroyers. I'm sure you've heard of, you've seen accounts, what have you, about this... Ah, Before I get there, let me just say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right and good and true in this program is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus. Whatever's lacking, erring, so forth, is due to me. But I'm sure you've seen or heard this matter of this beautiful young woman police officer who was killed by another police officer, a young man, handsome young man, young man who with his partner, meaning, I believe, his police partner, they were on duty. She was not. She was off duty. So unless there's a double entendre there, partner is only referring to them being police partners, these two men. But they were both under the influence, liquored up. And where were they? They were not where they were supposed to be. They were not only violating the regulations concerning alcohol consumption while on duty, but on top of that, they were outside of where they were assigned to be, three miles outside the district. Well, this fellow, he took a revolver, he emptied the cylinder, and then he put one bullet cartridge back in the cylinder. Now, revolvers are not typically 
carried for police purposes, except possibly as a backup gun, something like that. But as far as standard issue firearms, they are semi-automatic handguns, not revolvers. But he had a revolver, emptied it, put one cartridge in, spun it, and played Russian roulette with this young woman. Now, why she was having anything to do with these men in this man's apartment, I don't know. What they were doing on duty at his apartment, drinking and engaging in Russian roulette, you tell me. But Russian roulette, is guaranteed to result in death if it is carried out long enough. You know, one spin of the cylinder, maybe not. Two, maybe not. Who knows, maybe ten, not. But eventually, there's going to be a shot, and it's at point-blank range, and someone is going to die. That is a guarantee, right? Unless, unless somehow they survive. But guarantee they're going to get shot. Someone is going to get shot. And he shot this woman in the chest, point-blank range, and she died. But isn't that wonderful? Isn't this the kind of person that you want on your police force? Both of these young men, not just him, the other one who was involved in it too. Aren't they the kind that you want in your police force? This young woman, what is she doing having anything to do with this? Foolish, to say the least. It cost her her life. St. Louis Police Force. Dreadful, shameful, disgraceful, monstrous, and he's only charged with manslaughter. Okay? The most minimal charge he could be charged with for this. We do not have anything remotely approaching biblical justice in the United States of America. We just don't. If we did, he would die. But we don't, and we won't. Perhaps you remember this matter of this girl, 15-year-old honor student in Chicago. She performed at President Barack Hussein Obama's 2013 inauguration festivities. A week later, she was murdered in Chicago. The young man who is now 24, who was convicted of murder, he has received an 84-year prison sentence. Rest assured, that will be reduced. (laughs) They always are. This young woman 
and I'm probably going to mispronounce her name. Apologies. Hadia Pendleton. I know I've got the Pendleton right. Hadia Pendleton. I really appreciated the following statement from Hadia's mother and brother. This being from her mother, her mother Cleopatra Cowley. Quote, Hadia is serving a death sentence. And the whole family is doing life as a result of her death. End quote. Hadia is serving a death sentence. And the whole family is doing life, is serving a life sentence too as a result of her death. This is true, not just for this dear girl, this dear young woman and her family. This is true in every single solitary instance of murder. And yet the likes of dear old Ruth Bader Ginsburg have seen to it that murderers are not deterred, are not punished. And that our justice system is made a mockery, an injustice system, a perversion of justice, which encourages evil, which rewards evil, which promotes evil. Just like down in Puerto Rico, where the gangs there, they aren't afraid of being caught. They don't think they're going to be caught. They can go out and commit these murders in broad daylight. If they are caught, they're not going to be punished. That's the way to deal with violent crime. That's the way to discourage violent crime. Is reward the violent, the destroyers, the slaughterers. And just as in this case, how many times have you seen that? That not just a foolish sinful, whatever kind of person is murdered, but an outstanding person, outstandingly gifted, talented, dedicated, and so forth, and wonderful, and kind, and loving, and everything else, industrious, and you name it, and they are slaughtered by the worst of the worst. And our wonderful champions of justice insist that these destroyers not be put to death, diametrically contrary to God's word, (laughs) something that uh, the popes are not ignorant of. but willfully at odds with. You recall Jamie Kloss, this wonderful, precious girl, 13 years old, a destroyer blasted down the front door of her house with a shotgun, 
slaughtered her father and mother, who by all accounts were wonderful people, kidnapped the girl, held the girl captive. It doesn't say whether he raped her, but guess what? That's why he kidnapped her. He's only being accused of kidnapping. She escaped. She escaped from his home. She found a woman who was outside walking her dog. She was screaming, and it was in bitter cold. This woman took her to a neighbor's. And just an incredible account. This girl saved herself. And she also enabled the capture of this destroyer who was out actively looking for her at gunpoint when he was arrested. Of course, without incident. But her parents, James and Denise Kloss, were slaughtered by this destroyer. And this is just one such incident. There are so many, so many. Home invasion may not be the rule, but there are thousands and thousands of home invasions every year where the destroyers know people are home and are deliberately attacking and invading the homes while people are at home for various purposes, including rape, kidnap, rape, robbery, murder, what have you. It was curious, uh, the story with regard to Jamie, uh, as far as them contacting the police and how long it took for the police to arrive. The estimates ranged from 15 minutes to 30 minutes for the police to get to this house where they were in this small community. And... But they were hot on the trail of this destroyer who was on his way, tracking her down. And again, for him to only be charged with kidnapping is an outrage, an absolute outrage. But kidnapping used to be a capital crime. No more. No, we've advanced beyond that. Yes. So we're not we're not uninformed backwards people like that. Now we are so advanced. Now we are so enlightened and improved that we do not execute destroyers. How many destroyers are executed in a given year? How many? Less than a hundred. Dollars to donuts, it's less than 100. How many murders are committed every year? More than 100. (laughs) 
Yes. Uh, home invasions alone are estimated at, I don't know, 9,000 a year, something like that. But uh, anyway, so she escaped in rural Gordon, Wisconsin, approximately 70 miles north of where she was taken. And she saved herself miraculously, thanks to God. And it's going to be incredibly, incredibly difficult for this girl, for this sweet young girl from Barron, Wisconsin, going to be incredibly difficult. But, thank God, she's safe. Which is not to say she didn't suffer terrible evil in addition to the slaughter of her parents. Meanwhile, a 14-year-old girl, Savannah Pruitt, last I saw she was still missing from Tennessee, and there was a multi-state search going on. She had two cell phones, when she disappeared, and one of them pinged from Corbin, Kentucky, but then they were turned off. So recommend, pray for this girl, Savannah Pruitt, 14 years of age. There was a 15-year-old girl that was kidnapped in 2017, Elizabeth Thomas, The fellow who kidnapped her is charged with kidnapping, sexual abuse. He sexually abused and raped her at school, (laughs) at school, prior to his taking her captive. And uh, anyway, he's going to be released from prison sometime in the future. And he's just going to be a wonderful, changed, transformed person. Rest assured of that. Meanwhile, a 19-year-old girl, beautiful girl, was slaughtered in New Jersey. Somewhere in the vicinity of Freehold, New Jersey, I guess by a man, a 21-year-old man who purportedly was a childhood friend. You know the term, or the, (laughs) the turn of phrase with friends like that, who needs enemies. And why did he slaughter Sarah Stern? To rob her. At least so goes the story. She was left an indeterminate sum of money. She had $10,000 when she was murdered by this fellow, whose roommate 
helped him dispose of her body, which has never been found, but who then turned state's evidence against him. Just breathtakingly monstrous. Will he be executed? No. This is in New Jersey. New Jersey is too advanced, too elevated, too enlightened, too superior to lower itself to the level of executing slaughterers and destroyers. I expect you have heard and seen about this wonderful woman, nurse in Wisconsin, who was murdered. She was found before she died, but she died within less than an hour after she was found. She was found frozen to the ground under her car, her head bleeding profusely, a really wonderful young woman, Carly Bowden, her husband Nick, and her doggy Baloo. She was an awarded nurse, awarded for her exceptional loving care, her compassion towards others, her care for others. She often worked late. She was a nurse at the Medical College of Wisconsin and Frodert Hospital, two places. She was found frozen to the ground, trapped under her car in the parking garage at Frodert Hospital. Her husband, when he was awoken by Baloo, he realized his wife wasn't home, should have been home hours before, called, and a sheriff's deputy found her trapped on the top level of the West parking garage. A man was arrested for having murdered her, a 27-year-old man. Now, I don't know whether it was just mugging and murder or mugging, rape, and murder. I don't know. Not given such details. But I suspect one of two things. He either was in her vehicle, which I really doubt, or he tracked her to her vehicle. The matter of her vehicle having crashed into the side of the parking garage indicates she was in it. But he either was in it or he forced his way in, beat her to death. But again, she did not die until a bit later and left her to freeze to death. What a wonderful, wonderful, exceptional young woman. 
She received the Daisy Award in 2012, which recognized her outstanding work with patients. And as if this wasn't enough, she also volunteered to spend time with cancer patients, above and beyond what she did with these two hospitals. Extraordinary. Slaughtered by a destroyer. But Wisconsin, no, he won't be executed. Don't hardly think. Don't believe they believe in that in Wisconsin. No, it would be beneath them to take a life. And even when these wonderful, precious destroyers, slaughterers, when the few of them that are executed are executed, it's years and years and years and years later. And painlessly is always, of course, the objective. And if it's not painless, then there is an uproar about them having suffered. Speaking of suffering, a precious, beautiful young woman, 20 years old, Alexa Cannon, was living off campus from Radford College in Radford, Virginia. And in the daytime, in daylight, approximately close to 7.45 a.m., her roommate slaughtered her with a knife or knives. And when the police arrived, they found her having been stabbed multiple times and with a butcher knife sticking out of her mouth. Now, I suspect that her roommate is lesbian. I just suspect that I could be wrong, but that's the sense of it I have. But if that's not the case, at least she's envious of how lovely this girl was. And this girl... Alexa Cannon was studying psychology, of all things. Hmm? Poor choice of roommate. Cost her her life. 20 years of age. If this destroyer, who viciously, ruthlessly slaughtered her, should ever be executed... Of course, I mean, it won't happen. But if that were the case, of course, it would need to be painless, right? It would need to be painless. That is so important. Yes. Yes, this nation knows what justice is. Justice will be served, right? Outstanding. Well, the reason the police were able to arrive was because there was a phone call before this girl was slaughtered, and the operator heard the dispatch officer was able to hear a woman yelling and making reference to a knife. So she heard Alexa Cannon screaming for her life, but... 
Perhaps you saw this about a bank in Sebring, Florida, where a destroyer took the opportunity to go into this bank that only had women inside, five women, and he shot them all to death, barricaded himself in, and then he called 911. Well, he was taken captive without incident. By all means, don't shoot somebody like that. That would be wrong. That would simply be wrong to to shoot somebody like that, wouldn't it? Yes. This nation's justice system is broken, shall we say? And it's not going to be put back together again, this Humpty Dumpty justice system we have. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you. Thank you.